Fellers, my name's Hips. Ain't call me Buck. I want you to know these horses are as gentle as they can be. You're poor right here. Centennial Faulkner, celebrating the 100th birthday of Nobel Prize winning author William Faulkner. They're not ever surpassed when they're the first really great ones. I feel that this award was not made to me as a man, but to my work, a life's work in the agony and sweat of the human spirit. In this program, commentary by Shelby Foote and other writers and critics, and a dramatization of Faulkner's classic short story, Spotted Horses featuring performances by John Glover, Betty Buckley, Lois Smith, and Will Patton. Your host, Stacy Keach. William Faulkner, born September 25, 1897, is without doubt one of America's greatest writers. He puts his shoes on, stomping into them, like he does everything, like he is hoping all the time he really can't do it and can quit trying to. Faulkner's humor, often combined on the same page with tragedy, is elusive for many. Maurice Quandreau, whose translations of Faulkner in the 1930s made him more popular in France than America, saw the novel As I Lay Dying only as a tragic work. Faulkner, giving a rare public reading of the novel in the 1950s, laughed so hard he was unable to finish it. He shared an affinity with Mark Twain for the vernacular of rural America. One of his earliest comic works was the unfinished novel Father Abraham, begun around 1926. It was his best piece of writing yet, a darkly comic tale where, for the first time, he wrote of a line of tenant farmers named Snopes and the devious social climber named Flem. He would later turn part of his material into a short story called Spotted Horses. The setting is the turn of the century. Much of the South remains impoverished in the aftermath of the Civil War. Frenchman's Bend, in the county of Yakna Patafa, is a tiny hamlet where local farmers come to market and to while away their time in Will Varner's store. There's not much for these hapless yeomen to get excited about, until one day a mysterious stranger appears offering something that could make the men back into men. Flam Snopes. I'll be dog if he ain't a case now. Filling that whole country around Frenchman's Bend full of spotted horses. You can hear folks running after them all day and all night, whooping and howling, and the horses running back and forth across them little wooden bridges, kind of like thunder. 
One morning, about ten years ago, the boys were just getting settled down on the porch of Varner's store for a little talk and tobacco. When here come a stranger from behind the counter with his coat off and his hair all parted, his eyes the color of stagnant water, his eyelids never blinking even momentarily. It was Flem Snopes. Can I help you boys with something? The Snopes had sprung unvarnished from a line of tenant farmers, a race of the land, yet rootless, like mistletoe, owing nothing to the soil, giving nothing to it, and getting nothing of it in return. They never stayed any place more than a year, then would move on with the chap or maybe twins of that year's litter. Flem was the first in Frenchman's Bend, but three years later, another Snopes appeared. Likewise, unannounced, working in the blacksmith shop. Then a third, then a fourth, looking just like the third. Flem had brought his own secret affairs with him, pursuing with a quiet implacability their devious and hidden turns, lending money at exorbitant rates, buying and selling livestock, turning an odd penny here and there. For Flem, had reduced all human conduct to a single workable belief that some men are fools, but all men are no honester than the occasion requires. What in the hell is that? Bunch of horses. Be dogged if they ain't tied together with barbed wire. Look like rabbits to me. It's Flem Snow, but who's that with him? Starting your circuit, Flem? With them ponies? <laughs> <laughs> like a bunch of parrots, the way they're colored. Yeah, quite. Like every one of them would kill you as quick as a rattlesnake. But you ain't to do them horses, Flem. Flem only chewed his tobacco with his customary rhythm and climbed down the other side of the wagon. The mustachioed stranger with him came down heavy in boots and a carton of ginger snap sticking out of his pocket. His ear on the off side had been sheared from his head and a severed edge treated with a blackish substance looked like axle grease. Fellers, my name's Hips. Ain't call me Buck. I want you to know these horses are as gentle as they can be. <laughs> that why you got them tied up with barbed wire? <laughs> Ain't one of them got two eyes the same color. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, come on, come on, come on. They're skittish, that's all. Ain't been rode in a while. Since when they ever been rode? I reckon they was rode on the ferry across the river. <laughs> no, they been rode plenty of times. Hey, hey, you and Flam have some trouble back yonder? Looks like you've been nicked. Your ear. No. Oh. That, that, uh, that was just a little mistake of mine. Nothing mm -hmm. at all. I was kind of, um, uh, absent-minded about uh, picketing them ponies one night, studying about something, and forgot one of them was behind me. <laughs> that happened to any man that ain't careful, but put a little axle dope on her, you don't notice it. Well, yeah, 
Come on, they're pretty lively now, lazing along all day doing nothing. It'll work out of them in a day or so, though. I work them through a feed chopper a day's mine. That's what I'd do. No, no, brother, them's good gentle ponies. All right, all right, look at here. Come on, what you 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 hammerhead bastard? Come on, come on. See, gentle as a dog. All you want to do is just. Handle them a little and work them like hell for a couple of days and <laughs> rip his vest right down the middle. Let's get him in the lock, look. Yes, sir, Mr. Snow. Hey, hey, bring me a pair of wire cutters, somebody. Here, now, jump up here and keep the slack out of the wire and I'll cut him a loose. Well, my name's Eck, and this here's my boy. Admiral Dewey Snopes. Pleased to make your acquaintance. Now, you just use this stake here, give it a twist in the wire, then pull him up. Now, you hold him like that, and I'll cut the wire. Whoa! Look at that. darn horse ain't seen no fence before. I think he killed him. Nope. He's eating up again. All right, get back, boys, get back. There goes the rest of that feller vest. No, dang! <laughs> They're pretty lively, ain't they? But it'll work out of them in a couple of days. Then I guarantee you'll have as good a saddle and work pony as you'll want. Hey! Them spotted varmints is racing around that lot like they was minnows in a pond. You reckon them Snopes owns them horses? Well, you folks can buy them horses if you want to. I'd just soon buy a tiger or rattlesnake. Just as soon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they was there by sunup next morning. Some of them come 12 and 16 miles with seed money tied up in tobacco sacks in their overalls standing along the fence when the Texas man come out of Mrs. Little John's boarding house and yawned at the red and hill-nicked rim of the sun. It wasn't air man knowed yet if Flam Snopes owned them horses or not. Morning, boys. Come to get an early pick, have you? Well, there ain't a want that ain't worth fifty. Fifteen dollars any man's money. You see that wall-eyed one there with the one white year and the rope burn on his off shoulder? And that fiddle-headed one with most of his mane gone? Eh? Well, look at them legs and shoulders and pastern. Do you know what I'd do in your place? I'd snap them two ponies up at twenty-five dollars for the pair before somebody else comes along and runs the price up at auction. That's what I'd do. Yeah, we just come to see him. We ain't minding to buy right now. Oh, you better not put it off too long. Well, you boys are in time to see him eat breakfast anyway. 
Here, Bones, get on in here and help me drive him into the barn. Well, I'd just as leave see him stay out here as far as I'm concerned. Oh, come on, they won't stampede no more. They just ain't used to barns and maybe a little skittish going in. Well, just drive him inside and give him a good bait of feed and they'll settle down gentle as a milk cow. Uh, you get you a stick of some sort. There's a bunch of wagon stakes against the fence there, and if one of them tries to rush you, you just bust him right over the head with it. They're used to being handled that way, and they'll know what you mean. You stay outside, Ed. One of them things will bite your head off like it was an acorn. Oh, Pa. You take care of my barn. Yes, ma'am, Miss Little John, don't you worry. I'll be over for breakfast in two minutes. All right, boys. will kill you quicker than you can stay scared. Now you go on and get outside that fence now. Let me stay, Pa. I want to see them circus horses too. Yeah. But you stay close to me now, you hear? I can't find nothing but shell corn. They got no ear corn, you reckon? I reckon not. Won't they eat shell corn? I reckon they'll eat it all right when they get used to it. They ain't never seen no shell corn before. Well, here goes. Hey, hey, look out, boys. They're coming through. Come on here. You Ed. I can't see him. There he is on the ground. Hey, keep them horses away, Ed. Ah, ah. Run right over me, Pop. They didn't touch me. Ain't I told you not to come in here? Ain't I told you? No, Pop. No. Ain't I don't I told you. It's a mighty big hole in Miss Little John's barn. Well, I doubted that air shell corn all along. Hey, chuck wagon. Hey, you boys stick around. Auction begins right after breakfast. Henry, the money is all we have. I'm tired of throwing it into the ground and having the crops go bad every year. I'm tired of it, you hear? No, Henry. We'll have us a good horse at least. Now, uh, you stay here with the wagon. Henry, please, now don't throw our money away. I done told you, stay here. All right, gentlemen, this here auction is open for bidding. Um, come here, buddy. <laughs> 
Run over to the store and get me a box of ginger snaps. Yes, sir. Now, boys, we'll start her off with a bit. Come on, step right up. Now there's plenty for everybody, but the first one gets the best pick. Take your choice and make your bid. Boys, there ain't a horse in that lot that ain't worth $15. Outlast your ordinary horses. You can't kill one of them with an axle tree. Look at that one there with three sock feet and the frostbit years. Now watch him now. Watch him as they pass us here again. Now, hey, 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 look at that there shoulder action. That horse is worth $20 if he's worth a cent. Now who'll make me a bit on him and start the ball a rolling. Come on, boys. Phobics. Who'll make me a bit on him? Watch him good. Look at the way he totes his head. Lively as any stable raised hoss anywhere. If that don't suit, how about that air uh, fiddle-headed one without no mane, huh? How about him? Come on now. I heard somebody say 50 cents just now. Hey, you meant five dollars, didn't you? Do I hear five? Ginger snap, mister. Oh, much obliged, bud. Huh? Okay. Five dollars. Now, come on, speak up. Speak up, brother. Do I hear five dollars? Four bits for the lot. Har, har, that's a good one. Fifty cents for the dried mud off of him, he means. Who'll give me a dollar more for the genuine Texas cockleburs? Ha, ha, that's a good one. Sorry, a bunch of horses I've ever seen. Where the hell he get them things from? Uh, that one there don't look too bad. Never seen nothing like them around here. Yeah, yeah, come on, come on, come on, come on. Look at here, boys, is that... Come on, boys, hey, 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 hey. Come on now, boys, is that any way to talk about them horses? Look at them! And tell me if this country ever seen a better collection of livestock at dirt cheap prices. Hey, Grandpa, tell them. What that? Tell them, have you ever seen a better looking bunch of stock at public auction in this town? Come on, boys, start her off. Now who'll pick a horse and make a bid? Here, heck, you've been helping me. You know them horses. How about making a bid on that wall-eyed one with the rope burn you picked out this morning? Look at that horse, boys. Watch him now when he comes by again. Here, 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 here. Wait a minute. I'll go over that fence and get him. What? What's it going? He's trying to kill himself, I reckon. Get back there. Get back. Got that one cornered. What's he aim to do with that pistol, you think? Oh, whoa. Hit him right between the eyes. That's one way to handle him. Wait, wait, no. The horse is getting back up. He got you. All right. Damn, that feller's crazy. Come on, come on, look him over, boys. Look him over quick. Them shoulders and hocks and legs. You bastard, I'll tear your face right. I'll look him over quick, boys. You're, you're goddamn worth $15. I'll let me get a hold of my. Whoa, whoa, you Blair-eyed jackrabbit. Come on. <laughs> there goes a two-gallon There he goes, too. No. All right, now, boys, who says that horse ain't worth $15? Why, you couldn't buy that much dynamite for $15. Look at here, boys. There ain't a one of them. Can't do a mile in four minutes. You work them like hell all day, then turn them into pasture, and they'll board themselves. Whenever you think about it, you lay them over the head with a single tree. And after a couple of days, every bastard one will be so gentle, you'll put them out of the house at night. Like a cat. Come here, Mrs. Henry's a gonna get the bargain of his life in a minute now. Here, boys, let Mrs. get up to the fence where she can see. Come on now, Henry. 
Here's your chance to pick out the missus that saddle horse she's been a wanting. Who says 15? Henry. Get on back that wagon like I told you. He ain't no more despair than to buy one of them things and us not five dollars ahead of the poorhouse. He ain't no more despair. Shut your mouth and get on back that wagon. You want to take a wagon stake to you right here on the road? All right, all right, somebody else. How about it? X Nopes. Make me a bid and get them going. Come on, $10. How about a $10 bid, eh? What use I got for a horse I need a bear trap to catch? Catch them horses? Didn't you just see me catch one of them? I don't want nothing as big as a horse if I got to wrestle with it every time me and it's on, a, on the same side of the fence. Har, har. <laughs> you listen to Eck, boys. He wants a piece of a crow bait he'll have to prop up again the fence every time he stops, I reckon. Now listen here, Eck. I'll tell you what I'm gonna do to get the auction going. I'll give you that wall-eyed house if you start the bidding on the next one. Go on, Eck. Yeah, I just starts the bidding. I don't have to. I don't have to buy the next one unless I ain't over top. Sure, sure. You hear that, boys? That there wall-eyed house with a scar neck is Eck's house. I'm a giving it to him. All right, boy, let's go. You see that air pony? Looks like he's uh, had his hay in a flour barrel. Yeah, there he goes, there. Worth $15, any man's money. All right, Ed, what you gonna say, huh? Uh, I bid a dollar. One dollar? You mean one dollar, Eck? I surely never heard that right. Dang it. Two dollars, then. Reckon them ginger snaps is all he eats. You think there's a diamond in there or a spider one? He ain't none of them left. You gonna be riled now? <laughs> well, <clears throat> well, two dollars. Is your pulse all right, Eck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, have anger sweats at night, maybe. Y'all fooling, boys. I asked you now, is that any way for a man to act at an auction sale of livestock guaranteed? Sound and hearty and willing. Two dollars is bid. I gotta accept it. But are you boys gonna stand there and see X Snopes get two horses for a dollar a head? Three dollars! Misters, now we got chaps in the house and not corn to feed this time. We got five dollars. I earned my chaps a weaving after dark and him snoring in the bed, and he ain't no more despair. Henry bids three dollars. Raise him a dollar, Eck, and the horse is yours. Henry. Raise him, Eck. Oh, now we're getting somewhere. Do I hear? Five dollars! Mister, if you take that five dollars I earn my chaps are weaving for one of them things, it'll be a curse on to you and your during all the time of man. Five dollars! And a man that raises it'll have to beat my head off or I'll beat his... Oh, all right, all right, all right. Come on, all right. Five dollars is bid, but listen here, Henry. You don't you be threatening anybody around here, mister. And don't you ever shake your hand at me. Not now, not ever. He ain't got no despair. Buddy, run over to the store and get me a box of ginger snaps. By the time the sun come level across the earth, Buck had sold all but two of the horses for prices ranging from $1.75 on up to $8. We was all kind of tired, 
but Henry Armstead looked more like a mad dog than ever. His wife sitting behind two rabbit-sized bone-poor mules. The wagon looking like it would fall all to pieces as soon as the mules took a notion to move. I take five fifty. Five fifty twice. Five fifty twice. Sold. This horse is sold for five fifty to that good-looking gentleman over there. I bought a horse and I paid cash. Yet you expect me to stand around here until it's all sold? Well, you can do all the expecting you want. So I'm gonna take my horse out there and go on home. What about it? Take your horse then. Why ain't you gonna catch him for me? That ain't my horse. Well, who'll help me catch my horse? Woman, bring the plow line out of the wagon. Come on here. Come on here! Don't you go in there, missus. I, I reckon I better. This looks bad. Armstead's gonna get his wife killed. Get him into the corner! Head him back! Head him back! We got it! We got it! Hold steady! Woman, you said him back! Why didn't you hit him back? Don't hit me! Why did you? Why? Hey, hey, Henry! Henry! Get your hand off me! Come on now. Come on. Out the gate. Come on, Henry. You ain't telling me what to do! Before you hurt somebody. Come on. I'll get it my own time. Here, missus. Here's your five dollars. You get him into the wagon and take him on home. Thank you. Thank you. You're very kind. What's that for, Buck? Flam. Uh, fella yonder thinks he, uh, bought one of them ponies. Get him on away, missus. Give him back that money. No, Henry. We need that money for the chaps. I bought that horse, and I aim to have him if I have to shoot him. You take your money, I take my horse. Now give it back to him. You don't own no horse of mine. Get him on home, missus. Snopes! You got something to do with these horses? I bought one, and here's the money for it. No! I bought one. Ask him. Here, Snopes. Here's your money. Much obliged. Come on, woman. Ma'am, Flam will have your money for you tomorrow. You can get it from him tomorrow. Your husband don't own no horse. You get him into the wagon. Get him on home. Huh? Well, so long, boys. Glad to have saw you. Why are you heading for a nap? Back to Texas? Mm, I guess not. Not right away. I reckon I'll go have a look see at them northern towns while I'm here. Washington and uh, New York and uh, Philadelphia. <laughs> What's the shortest way to New York from here? Well, we can tell you how to get to the county seat up at Jefferson. You headed the right way now. Keep building up past the schoolhouse. That's huh? right. Much obliged. Just remember about busting them ponies over the hay occasionally till they get used to you. Then you won't have no trouble with them. Them's bargains, boys. Well, oh, yeah, but run over to the stall. No, never mind, I'll go there myself. You better stay and help your pa get his horses home. Hold up, Buck. I'll go with your ways. Huh? Oh, 
So long, boys. Take care of yourself. Hey. Get up there. Yeah. Bye bye. Bye. Well, what are we waiting for? For them ponies to go to roost like chickens? Dinner time! We better get our ropes. Everybody get a rope. Where's Iron Ed? Go get it. Mm, I reckon we better all take a catch him one at a time, ain't we? One to a time. After I've stood around here all day waiting for that. I'm going in. Now you Ed, you wait out here. Oh, Pa. Now you wait out here. You've been running over twice already today. Oh, Pa. Let me help and get your. We got two to catch. Well, that's right. We ever got two, ain't we? Well, well, but you stay close to me, you hear? If you gets in front of them varmints again like you done this morning, I don't know what I'll do to you, but I'll, I'll show do it. All right now, boys, wash them close. If we can just get them into that barn there. Push stay back. That's mine right there. All right, all right. Not so fast. Now there's mine. There he is. Now you get out of my way. Get out. Watch out, Sam. Where? Hold him back. Hold him back. Now hold him now. God's sake. Don't let him get by. We got him. Here, boy, right here. Now, now we got him. Now we got him. run to the end of the porch and jumped the banisters and the lock fence like a hen hawk, then lit in the lot running and went out the gate again and jumped eight or ten upside down wagons and went on down the road. About that time, coming up to the bridge across the creek was Vernon Tull. Well, rained all night today, huh, well, uh, it was. Yeah. You women all sleep back there? Huh? I guess so. Sitting in that chair. How about you mules up front, huh? Well, it's a quiet night. Ooh, the bridge ain't getting no wire. Hope we don't meet, though. What the? What the? Get out! 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 Get out!
Ben Howard's gun's gone now. At Ms. Little John's, another man lay in the dirt, right where them spotted varmints had run him down when they headed out the door. Oh, oh, Henry! Oh, oh, oh. I'll be dog if it don't look like he's dead. Oh, Is his teeth not there? Uh, that horse, that horse, get it! Oh, my, my. Don't worry, Henry. That horse ain't closer than five or six miles away from here by now, oh, along oh. with the rest of them. It can't hurt you. Let's pick him up. On three. One, two, Easy, easy now, Henry, easy now. Up the steps. Come on. Bring him in here. You lay him out on the bed yonder. I declare you men. You better get his wife. I reckon we have. Go get her, somebody. Why don't you go? Let Ernest get her. He lives neighbors with him. Go on, Ernest, go on. <sighs> you men, you get out in the way. Get outside. See if you can't find something else to play with that'll kill some more of you. Is he dead? It ain't your fault if he ain't. Go tell Will Varner to come up here. Uncle Billy? Man's been kicked in the teeth by a horse. You might as well have him a horse doctor. I reckon a man ain't so different from a horse or maybe a mule come long, come short. Except maybe a mule's got more sense. Uncle Billy! Wake up! They still trying to catch them darn rabbits. Come on, Uncle Billy. Get your suspenders on. Now, Mrs. Little John wants you to tend to Henry Armstead. Uh, what's the matter with him? Well, sounds like he ain't dead. Mm, no, not yet. Uh, bright as day out here. My. That air apple on the bear this year for sure. Yeah, it's corn too, is it planter, right? Good forever grown thing. I'm uh Tain't always. You gotta know. When me and my wife was expecting you, when spring twas, already had two boys we did, and I wanted some more gals, so I heard. I mind when I was married in April, I built my own house, and there was an apple tree just outside the window. And we used to lay there in the dark, watching it, smelling it, too. Now, if a woman laid in the moon, it'd be a gal. So my wife, taken and laid every night on her naked belly. I could lay my ear into it and hear Eula scrouching inside her. Well, ain't you going in? 
Snopes ought to caught hisin' by now. Looks like he ought. <laughs> Uncle Billy's dumb started. That was Saturday night. Yeah. I reckon poor Mrs. Armstead, after being at Henry's bedside, got home about daylight to see about the chaps. I don't know where they thought her and Henry had been, but lucky the oldest one was a gal about 12 big enough to take care of the little ones, which she did for the next two days. Mrs. Armstead would stay at Miss Littlejohn's and nurse Henry all night and work in the kitchen for her and Henry's keep. How are the chaps making out? All right. Don't they get scared at night? Anna May bars the door when I leave. She's got the axe in bed with her. I reckon she can make out. Flam Snopes is back in town. You can ask him for that five dollars. You reckon he'll give it to me? No, but asking him won't do no hurt. Might shame him. I don't reckon it will, but it might. Well, if he wouldn't give it back, it ain't no use to ask. Suit yourself, it's your money. Well, do you, do you reckon he might give it back to me? That, that Texas man said he would. He said I could get it from Mr. Snopes later. Then go, ask him for it. He won't give it back to me. All right, don't ask him for it, then. Well, you don't reckon he would, do, do oh, you? Fuck. Oh, Maybe, um, maybe I, I better go and talk to Henry about it. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And then Henry can buy another $5 horse with it, and maybe he'll buy one next time, though we'll out and out kill him. If I thought that, I'd give you back the money myself. I reckon I better... I reckon I better talk to him first. The next morning, there was Flam sitting in the store chair and whittling like he might not have ever moved since he come to clerk for Jody Vaughn. I.O. Snopes was leaning in the door in his shirt sleeves and with his hair parted too, same as Flam was before he turned the clerking job over to I.O. It's a funny thing about them, Snopes. They all looks alike, yet there ain't e'er two of them that claims brothers. They're always just cousins like Flam and Eck and I.O. Eck was there too, squatting against the wall, him and Admiral Dewey, who was eating cheese and crackers out in a sack. Yep, we finally caught one of iron anyway. It run into a blind lane at Freeman. We taken a rope and stretched it across the lane to trip it up. It's about three feet high. It never seen that rope at all. Just looked like one of these here Christmas pinwheels. Well, didn't it try to run again? No, just kick some. Kick some. Its neck was broke. Clem, <laughs> what did you and that Texas man make off of them horses? <laughs> well, Flem done scun all of us so much that we're right proud of him. Come on, Flem, you can tell us. Ain't nobody here but Eck that bought one. The other ain't back to town yet. And Eck's your own cousin. He'll be proud to hear. How much did y'all make? <laughs> Twain't none of my horses. <laughs> 
<laughs> you boys might just as well quit trying to get ahead of Flam. I never said nothing. If a man can't take care of himself in a trade, he can't blame the man that trims it. Uh, Yonder comes Mrs. Mrs. Armstead. Yes, sir. A fellow like Henry Armstead ain't got nobody but himself to blame. Of course he ain't. Henry Armstead's a bone fool. Always is been. If Flam hadn't got his money, somebody else would. Here she comes. Oh, that's right. But come to think of it, Henry never bought no horse. Yeah. <laughs> that Texas man told her to get that $5 back from Flem next day. I reckon Flem done already taking the money to Mrs. Littlejohn and give it to Mrs. Armstead. Ain't you, Flem? Ain't <laughs> he a beaten fella now? She's getting closer. Yep. She's coming in here, Flem. All right, go out the back, Flem. I'll tell you, you done went into town today. Get on, boy. Go. Morning, Mrs. Armstead. Morning. Morning. He said Saturday he wouldn't sell Henry no horse. He said I could get the money from you. He taken that money off with him when he left. He said that Henry hadn't bought no horse. He, he said for me to get the money from you today. I reckon he forgot about it. He taking the money off with him Saturday. <laughs> Nobody said nothing. After a while, the woman looked up the road where it went on up the hill toward the graveyard. She looked up that way for a while, with that boy of X watching her and I.O. rubbing his back against the door slowly. Well, I reckon it's time to get dinner started. How's Henry this morning, Mrs. Armstead? He's resting. I thank you kindly. Wait a minute, Mrs. Armstead. I'm gonna get you something. What's he aiming to do? Reckon he's decided to pay her? <laughs> Ain't likely. Here you are. A little sweetening for the champs. Flem had decided to give her something, all right. One of them little sacks of striped candy. Putting it in Mrs. Armstead's hand like he would have put it in a hollow stump. You're right kind. I reckon I better get on back and help with dinner. She turned and went back across the porch. Flam sat down in the chair again and opened his knife. He spit across the porch past Mrs. Armstead where she hadn't went down the steps yet. And she went on in that air sunbonnet and wrapper all the same color back down the road. We watched her turn in at Mrs. Littlejohn's and go out in sight. Flam was whittling. I.O. begun to rub his back on the door. Then he begun to cackle, just like a darn hen. <laughs> Just as well quit trying. You can't get ahead of Flem. You can't touch him. Ain't he a sight now? <laughs> I'll be dog if he ain't.
If I had brung a herd of wild catty mouse into town and sold them to my neighbors and kin, they would have lynched me. Yes, sir. After beginning work on his novel about the Snopeses in the 1920s, Faulkner set it aside for over a decade. Only after he'd reached his peak as a writer did he come back to the Snopes material in 1940. The indignities perpetrated by Flem Snopes in the story of the spotted horses would be the first of many against his neighbors and kin. He would be a central character in the trilogy of novels about the Snopes clan. The Hamlet, appearing in 1940, The Town, published in 1957, and The Mansion, published in 1959. What had started out as the novel Father Abraham, ridiculing the rise of the redneck in almost biblical terms, became a complex story of social transformation. As for Flem, the most villainous of his clan, his scams and financial manipulations would make him a rich man. But finally, he would go too far. In the mansion, Faulkner would close the book on Flem, though all the Snopeses would live on in the minds of his readers as memorable a family as any in American literature. This is Stacy Keach. Thanks for joining us in celebrating Centennial Faulkner. Dramatization of Spotted Horses was adapted and directed by Robert Clem. Original music score composed and performed by Donald Stark. Casting by Meg Simon. In the cast were John Glover as Buck Hips, Betty Buckley as Mrs. Armstead, Lois Smith as Mrs. Littlejohn, Lanny Flaherty as Henry Armstead, Frank Licato as Flem Snopes, and Will Patton as the narrator. Also in the cast were Bill Raymond, David Little, Rusty DeWeese, and David Costable. The program was recorded at West Track Studios in New York City by David Cohen, with additional recording at Pacific Ocean Post in Santa Monica, California. Studio sound effects by Arthur Miller. The program was mixed by David Rapkin. Program advisors include James B. Merriweather, John T. Matthews, James Ferguson, Doreen Fowler, Hans Shea, Joseph Blotner and Judith Wittenberg. Special thanks to production advisors Anne Blythe Merriweather and Everett Frost. This program was made possible in part by grants from the National Endowment for the Humanities, the Southern Humanities Media Fund, the Blunt Foundation, the Virginia Foundation for the Humanities and Public Policy, the South Carolina Humanities Council, the Mississippi Humanities Council, and the New Jersey Council for the Humanities. The program was produced by Robert Clem and is a production of Radio Action Theater and the Foundation for New Media. <laughs>